Welcome to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. Every other Wednesday, Adrian, your host, talks to key players in the fashion industry to discover new products and understand the challenges behind offering more responsible fashion and learn the solution available today. This podcast is brought to you by Première Vision, the leading event organizer for fashion professionals. To find out more, go to www.premiervision.com. Discover and enjoy. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast. Today, we are talking with Monique Maizen. She's the founder and CEO of Waste to Wear. Hello, Monique. Hello, again. Nice to meet you here. Very nice to be here on your show. Very nice to meet you too. Um, my first question would be, uh, could you please uh, present yourself and present Waste to Wear? Okay, of course. I'm glad to do so. So my name is Monique Messon. I am uh, Dutch uh, and I'm the founder and CEO of Waste to Wear. Uh, I'm a textile engineer and started uh, this company in China 21 years ago. Our company is focusing on making uh, recycled products from waste plastics. All right. Um, my second question would be, um, according to you, what is uh, sustainable fashion? Well, for me, sustainable fashion means that there is no harm be done to human, humans or the environment uh, during the production uh, of uh, fashion. Uh, so uh, everything is done in accordance with um, Uh, high standards and high rules for uh, the human part of it, but also the uh, production uh, part uh, in terms of uh, water uh, uses, electricity, energy, uh, carbon footprint. And even for me, it should also be not harmful after the production is ready. So actually, for me, sustainable fashion should be something which also... Uh, ends as sustainable fashion. So it's not going to be a completed, complete, complicated um, right, uh, product, so which is later also more difficult to recycle. Yeah, okay. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your, your pathway uh, when it comes to, to sustainability? Uh, or, or did you decide to, to start a business in, uh, with a very oriented uh, sustainable strategy? Well, I'm a textile engineer and I really, really love textiles, but I always have been very, very troubled by the industry of textiles as a whole. It is one of the most polluting and damaging industries in the world. And uh, I felt always a little bit conflicted. So in around 2000, end 2006, uh, I uh, ran into the, um, uh, the invention uh, that you could make from um, plastic bottles Um, polyester so recycled polyester and uh, I thought wow that is very interesting so I looked into this and at that moment it was only very thick yarns and only usable for fillings for toys or uh, carpets so mm -hmm. I thought what if I would start to investigate and improve this invention and make this possible on a higher level, on a very, very high quality. So it actually could be uh, very nice and usable on a very wide variation of, of, of products. And uh, mm -hmm. then I thought, well, if this could be possible, then for the first time, as far as I know, the textile industry could be really, really used for something good. So when I, that for me was a trigger to, to start. 
And, and starting your, your, own, your own business, your own venture uh, has been a, a very long process. So can, can you tell us a bit more, uh, how did you start, with, wha with what? Uh, I guess it's a lot of investment at the beginning. Um, can you tell us a little bit, a little bit more about the, this, uh, this part of your life? Well, I, I, um, I was a, um, um, a manager in a textile company and in that mm -hmm. capacity I became very well known with everything in the in the far east then i started to come more and more into china and uh, i i thought well you know i want to be part of this absolutely um, country which is growing and it's going to be expanding so i started first as a trading company myself so at that moment i'm talking about uh, 1998 uh, okay. i started with just traditional trading So I uh, did that for several years uh, and was successful in this, earned mm -hmm. quite a lot of money with this. And when I came to this invention, I thought this is what I really want to do. So initially, I funded all the recycling research and all kind of other research which has to do with it myself for wow. quite some years. So I really, really very much believe that this is this is what i need to do and this is my uh, my yeah my passion in life and only three years ago when we started to become quite big uh, i went for the first time out to find uh foreign tap for investment to mm -hmm. uh, use uh, this for, um, for injection for growth so uh, before that we financed everything ourselves and that was not easy but um yeah that's how, how we started Very nice, very interesting. And um, can you tell us a little bit more about the, the process of, uh, of uh, recycling uh, plastic bottles? Uh, how do you make plastic bottles into fibers, into a garment, uh, into, a, um, into material and into a garment? Can you, can you explain us very briefly? I guess this is a very complicated process, but uh, uh, to make no, some, uh, some informative, uh, informative answer, yeah. Okay, so basically it's uh, you collect the plastic bottles, then you shred them uh, and you wash the flakes. Mm -hmm. uh, when you, uh, just one little step before, when you get plastic bottles, you have to separate the, the, the different plastics which are on a plastic bottle. So very often the plastic bottle itself is PET, PET, uh, and the plastic wrapper is uh, from polypropylene and then the, the, the lid is from uh, PVC. So you have to mm -hmm. first... Select that. Then you shred it. Then you wash it. Then you melt it. And when you melt it, uh, you uh, either can uh, make pellets out of it in a pelletizing mm -hmm. uh, machine, and that then you can really make very high level of recycled polyester. Or when you melt it, you can also just immediately go into making yarns out of it, and then. Uh, uh, you can go for a little bit thicker yarns, and then mm -hmm. from the yarns you go for the fabrics. Okay. So it's uh, yeah, you need a lot okay. of different machines. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And does it um, does it include the, the circularity once once the garment uh, is uh, is at the end of its life? Um, can we put the garment into the into the process again and and and, re and remake some um, some recycled polyester? Yeah, well, that's definitely uh, depending on two things. Uh, at this moment, uh, there's a total different process because you're not melting then polyester, but you're starting to uh, melt or regenerate um, um, the textile. So we mm -hmm. work with partners here and I am on the board of a 
uh, big um, uh, well com, com, uh, company who um, mm-hmm. is now developing a new kind of way to do that with microwaves but mm-hmm. um, it's that co- that uh, company is called uh, Demeto um, so that is a future thing that we we are always help trying to find ways to uh, to see for the next step how we can contribute with any ways to uh, giving knowledge of support so and for the moment because that's not ready yet we are working with different parties where we do either mechanical recycling so we use fabrics where we are shredding this and making uh, yarns uh, out of it again and we use partners for that or mm-hmm. we are uh, doing chemical recycling of the the fabrics now these fabrics yeah. can only be chemically recycled if the if there's seventy percent of polyester or recycled polyester inside so if there's a less content of that then it's going to be uh, at this moment still challenging but we are working on all kind of improvements with all different kind of universities to 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 try and make sure that in the future even all kind of textile products after uh, the use so either if it's garments or uh, upholstery or whatever uh, kind of textiles product there is that you can also make that again into a usable product afterwards because that is actually what we should do not only taking plastic out of the environment but also taking textiles out of the environment and making sure that the whole textile industry becomes sustainable and recyclable and circular of course. Um, I've got a question, you know, to put a bit of perspective, maybe, uh, and to really understand what you are doing. Well, when we are talking about uh, conventional polyester, can, can you tell us a little bit, a little bit, what does it mean? Um, how do you make conventional, well, conventional polyester compared to what you are doing and to what extent you are saving a lot of energy of, uh, of water and etc. Um, can you, can you, can you tell it? Yes, can you yes, tell yes. us? Yeah. So conventional uh, polyester is made from crude oil. Yeah? So you have to take the oil out of the ground, and then from uh, after ref- refining, you are you're getting uh, uh, and and a lot of other p- uh, processes in the in the you get uh, you make polyester. So the base is getting oil out of the ground uh, and make it into a. Uh, polyester, which is actually a side product of uh, gasoline. That's that's how it all all started. So um, that cost a lot of energy. It cost a lot of water. It cost a lot of carbon footprints. And basically, it's not very sustainable in the long run. So um, when you use existing pet polyester, uh, which is made originally from that crude oil, but then you are recycling that then you you uh, don't have to get it out of the ground of course and you can uh, save about 75 percent energy you save about 85 percent water and you save about 70 percent of carbon footprint so that is the difference between um, virgin polyester and recycled polyester so um, over the years uh, that we since we started we made a calculation that we as a company, have recycled about 30 million bottles of plastic bottles, plastic. And uh, with that, we have saved about 2.3 million kilogram carbon and 26 million liter of water. So, um, uh, and uh, about what is it, about uh, 26 uh, megahertz of energy. So that is a wow. lot of savings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's amazing. And um, so you, you will be uh, presenting, uh, presenting your, your collection at uh, Première Vision next September. Uh, can you tell us what you will be presenting, what kind of, um, of, of um, yarn and what kind And, and what kind of uh, garment can you make with the product you are, you are making? Maybe it to be, a, a, again, a bit more informative because we are talking about uh, polyester. What, what do you make with polyester, actually? So, uh, with recycled polyester, what, uh, what our specialty is, is that we use recycled polyester very often in combination with natural fibers. So, mm -hmm. we are very much known about the combination with viscose, with uh, a very fine organic cotton, with yeah. uh, special uh, silks even. So, we present a collection of 100% recycled polyester on very fine, high-level Uh, ladies, uh, mainly ladies, wear uh, fabrics which have uh, which have silk, uh, silky touches, are very printable, are mixed with some some uh, stretch. But we have also beautiful mixes to show with viscose and uh, with cotton and even with wool. So it will be a uh, very uh, uh, wide range of fabrics on medium to high level. Uh, Uh, level fashion um, uh, opportunities. So we have a lot of experience. We are doing this already for 11 years and um, we have a um, very large collection to present uh, for the first time on the Premier mm -hmm. Vision. So we're very excited to Okay. Nice. I'm looking forward to, to see this. Um, what are the... Um, is all the product are sustainable? Well, I think it's, it's, it would be great maybe before uh, asking this question is what is a sustainable pro well you, you, what is a sustainable product because my question when, it's, when I say um, does all the product are sustainable it's maybe a bit weird to ask that kind of question because uh, what is a sustainable product uh, to what extent I mean it's difficult to, to put a sustainable product in a, in a case now what's your feeling about that Well, again, like I say, uh, like I said before, I think sustainability is not only about the raw material; it's also yeah. about the way you produce it and the way mm -hmm. you handle it afterwards. Um, our company is focused fully on products for the textile industry made from recycled plastic, and I make this yeah. distinction because we not only use uh, recycled plastic bottles, but we also recently went into uh, new areas together with on the developments of different universities and we are mm. also going to present uh, products from recycled uh, refrigerators, products from recycled food waste uh, uh, um, boxes, products from recycled um, um, uh, air conditionings. So our main business is still uh, recycled uh, plastic bottles but we also are slowly extending that and if mm -hmm. you say are you completely um, uh, sustainable at this moment uh, when we made a shift uh, like one and a half year ago to really reduce everything what we normal our normal business which we initially started in 1998 to the total shift of going to products made from recycled plastic now at this moment we are at 90% of our full collection is, uh, are, is uh, made from recycled plastic wow. uh, waste. That's, yeah. that's quite a, a big figure. That's very impressive. Um, what has been the, the result of your sustainable strategy in terms of uh, social and environmental impact, but also on the fashion side? Uh, my question is, 
does it sell more? <laughs> does it make more business when you are sustainable, or, or is it still very hard to uh, to convince people to go in that direction? Well, I think, to be honest, it has been a very, very hard uh, and long and difficult road uh, to the moment that we are here today. We were one of the first, if not the first, in this type of high-level uh, recycled products. And initially, like 10, 10 years, 11 years ago when we started, people were looking, why would you do that? And uh, then the, 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 they, were, they were finding it an interesting story, but they were really not engaged so luckily the mom momentum really has shifted and there's more and more awareness about product problems in unfortunately our oceans uh, and uh, our uh, our landfills and um, now um, the, 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 the the openness is more there it is still difficult to uh, get to certain type of customers or um, in the companies who are very focused on price and not so much focused on the price to the environment because at this moment unfortunately the recycled products are still higher or more expensive than the non-recycled products if you mm -hmm. talk about monetary value if i talk about mm -hmm. true cost or impact on the environment of course our products are much cheaper but yeah. uh, that is still something which is a little bit uh, difficult to to sell to some kind of customers. But I must say, we are very happy that we are seeing an absolute change in mindset shift and an absolute more openness and awareness over the last, mm. I would say, especially one and a half years. And yeah. uh, especially when it concerns ocean plastic, where we mm -hmm. have a huge project in ocean plastic. Uh, we started this one and a half year ago. This is something which really speaks to the imagination of people and the millennial uh, generation is yeah. really, really open to pay a little bit, a little premium for uh, the feeling that they're actively part of the solution. Mm. And according to you, what has been the trigger to, to this shift? Uh, education. So education. Uh, it's, uh, people were not aware that, uh, that, that plastic was causing so much trouble and so mm -hmm. much problems in the oceans, in the seas, in the, in the fish, in, in the birds. In the, mm -hmm. there, were, there was no knowledge. There was no real research. And, and when it was researched, it was not well loudly or widely spread. And uh, uh, through uh, many, 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 many uh, like broadcasts and, and, and televisions and important influencers and all these kind of things. And also uh, people really see themselves unfortunately when they go to beautiful places like uh, bali or uh, or whatever that that you see plastic when you're diving when you're swimming and then you think oh my god this is a problem and it it's just an education which brought to the attention uh, that 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 this is a real big problem to take care of so then when you come with a, a partial solution to say look this this is already there so why not use it and, and make sure that that it's it's not going to cause harm to the environment. They are more open to this. Mm. And can, how can we make more of this? How can we make uh, more education? And how, how would you present the, the, the education? Because I'm, I'm asking you this because uh, you know this podcast is about uh, is about education. Podcast is about education anyway. But how can you convince the people that this is the, the right path? When we are talking to designer, when we are talking to product developer, when we are talking to entrepreneurs, uh, when they only look 
I mean, most of the time they look at the price and they look at the bottom line. Um, how can you convince them to go in that way? What is your what is your your speech uh, actually? Well, first of all, I think that um, green business, this type of business with which we are in, is definitely good business. Meaning that it is a double-digit or not bigger growing industry, and there are not many industries at this moment where you have this kind of growth uh, to in the in the in the future and the current mm -hmm. situation. So that's something to take very seriously. Um, so it's not that. People, you should not think that you can't make money in it. Uh, on the contrary, you can. You can take make good money in it. So that is that is a fact if you do this right. So what I think that designers and companies and organizations should do is that when they start for designing or thinking or creating about the product, they should think about the end of life and where this and how you make it what kind of what kind of uh, uh, parts of uh, uh, materials you need to make it with so if you start to look for materials who are not harmful who are making an impact who are saving energy when you are thinking of creating something new and you look into the design how it will end up if that is difficult to recycle if that is too complicated to take apart for upcycling or whatever so you should look at the start of the initial materials you choose and the end of life and then you should make a decision if a product you are making is really really sustainable and if that is the case then go for it because if this is The, 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 it is we can't live like this anymore we can't live in, mm. in a society where we we produce we use and then we throw away there is no way where is a way a way there is no way so we should absolutely make sure that we produce use and reuse or replace or mm -hmm. so but it cannot be throwing that it, that's not sustainable we don't have mm -hmm. we have only one planet Great. What are the, what are what is your biggest challenges? What are your biggest challenges for the next years? Uh, well, our biggest challenges is, um, I would say, to um, uh, to scale up. Uh, okay. I think it's very important that uh, uh, our company uh, and this industry needs to uh, to be brought on a very wide level and a very in, in very big big uh, increase of quantity because volume brings the price down so the bigger the quantity the lower the price so that is that is one and uh, if you offer a sustainable product which looks very very beautiful and is actually first beautiful and then you say oh my god it's also recycled because that's how we look at it it first should be beautiful it first should be great and you should look you should choose that material uh, just because of that and then later you say oh my god it's also recycled i think that should be the norm the status quo mm. it should be a, mm. just a normal thing to do so but yeah. the, the challenge is the pricing at this moment and i think if we scale up and so we are At this moment, uh, uh, looking for uh, big investments, uh, where we, where I have a lot of uh, discussions with in the coming weeks and months, uh, and I think when we scale up, that is then a possibility to bring that uh, that 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 last hurdle down. 
Amazing. You know, you are, you are based in China. Um, can you tell us, uh, because I think in, in Europe and in, in France, uh, uh, we have, I am based in France, uh, you know, when we are telling to the people, you know, our, our garments are made in China, uh, I think the mentality are changing, but in the, in, the, in the mind of a lot of people, you know, when it makes in China, it's still uh, poorly made or, or it's, uh, it's, um, it's taking advantage of the people, etc., etc. Can you clarify the, the situation in China and, and explain us uh, concretely how does it work, uh, to what extent uh, this is true or completely false? Well, first we produce in China and India. So we have two production places and two okay. uh, production offices and two Uh, factory uh, facilities and, and groups of partners. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I, I very often get this kind of uh, sentiment. Uh, yeah. I, I would say, uh, first of all, we do everything compliant and with all certifications necessary uh, for uh, in terms of the environment, but also in terms of the human humanitarian part of this business. So wherever we produce Uh, the it's not only uh, for, due to our own moral standards of which I think personally is the most important you should first do something because morally you think you should do the right thing not just because you need a certification but um, so we always have been uh, choosing and developing and creating uh, the best work uh, environments for our uh, production facilities and uh, then uh, we have therefore also all kind of certifications to prove that now in september we are even going to increase increase it this kind of uh, openness and transparency because we are introducing blockchain to our uh, production process okay can you can you tell us a little bit more about the, the blockchain what is going to change uh, what you're going to do exactly <laughs> Well, blockchain is basically that we are going to uh, to transparent, to co completely being transparent, to um, to have every every step of the chain um, with uh, smart contracts linking together, so that uh, you end up with a project pro product that a uh, final customer can then, with uh, a certain code, can then absolutely completely trace back to as far as fishermen who picking it from. Uh, the the seashores and and uh, and and beaches. So we were we are uh, very very um, um, wait sorry no worry so, no. Oh, so put it out yeah um, yeah so that's uh, yeah so that is the um, uh, by having a complete uh, clear chain. It helps uh, to explain every step, also who is doing what and in which conditions. And that mm -hmm. makes it completely uh, safe uh, to say that you are doing everything in the right way. And uh, yeah. so that, that is why we are going to introduce that to, uh, to our own, as a new feature to our brand. Great. Yeah. Um, So we are coming to the end of uh, of the interview. Um, I would like to ask you a few a few more questions. You know, um, there, uh, this section is called the quick rapid fire question. Uh, what do you want to close the door to in our industry? Fast fashion. Of course. 
I think fast fashion is creating as much problems as uh, as um, the as plastic problems. I mean, mm. if you make fashion sustainable in a sustainable way using sustainable materials, even if you use recycled polyester, but then you make so much of it, then push everybody to have 20 t-shirts, 50, 50, whatever. You create also absolute waste. So I think fast fashion should stop. We should all be much more conscious, not only about the materials that we are using, but also about the quantity that we tell ourselves that we need. Why do we need so many things? Choose one thing or two things or three things, and those things can be sustainable. Then it's also the price difference is not going to be such a big issue anymore. Mm. Because mm. either you buy five T-shirts or you buy the two, but the two in the end is then also even more, most often most probably even cheaper than when you have five so fast mm. fashion mm. for me should end but this is a this is a, a problem of uh, education isn't it now why people are, are consuming so much why they can't they, they can't uh handle their consumption this is this is an educational problem isn't it yeah it is an educational problem but it's also a problem that um uh, the right price are not paid or asked for at for the for uh, mm. textile products which are produced in the right way if a product it's not, it's not so going to change yeah mm. yeah if a product is so cheap that it's cheaper to throw it away than to go to the dry cleaning it's mm. a ridiculous situation what we have created ourselves I mean, mm. the, the the current generation thinks it's all normal, but I mean, I'm not that young anymore, and I I know that we just got, when I was younger, you you just cost one, you had one coat, and in the winter, and and then next year you could still wear it, and then uh, mm-hmm. if you couldn't wear it, then 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 only then you buy a new one. Now the coats are mm. so cheap that you can buy, you can buy five. three yeah. three or four, and you have a printed one and a solid one and whatever, but you don't need that. You don't need four or five coats. You don't. Yeah. So it's it's just we should consciously ask ourselves what it is that we need and then be much more active in supporting uh, conscious choices, com- uh, sustainable products and not consume that much. Hmm. What do you look at to get inspired? Uh, young people, universities, new uh, inventions, hope when I go uh, to work with universities and uh, they come up with new things that can replace current harmful products or mm-hmm. the hope that young generation can bring with their uh, their new technology, uh, the way that they use all kind of new uh, intelligence and, and all mm. kind of new ways to, uh, that gives me a lot mm. of hope and it inspires me for the future. So even though I'm in a waste and a management situation uh, with my business and uh, uh, the, it's I see very terrible things, I have very good hope because I see that there is a lot of young people and there's a lot of education and there's a lot of eagerness to step in, to stop this, to improve it, to reduce it, to replace it. Mm. So, yeah, mm. that inspires me. Great. And what is the last piece of clothes uh, you bought? Oh, actually, um, wow. The last piece of, I, I, I don't buy much clothes because I make a lot of clothes uh, during my yeah. uh, as a company. Mm-hmm. So I then uh, normally pick one or two things out of the production, not only because that's uh, that's easy or something, but also because I uh, I want to wear what we make and want to make sure that what we produce is, is also good for me. Uh, so okay. uh, what I personally bought, I think, yeah, underwear maybe because that we don't promote, that we don't produce yeah. ourselves. Okay, okay. 
Excellent. And who is the personality you would like to listen to in this podcast? The, sorry? The personality, the, the person. Is there anybody you would like to listen to in this podcast? Oh, my God. I have so many people I admire. <laughs> um, I would like to... to um, this podcast is about sustainable fashion. So it, I think yeah. uh, to listen to to a big uh, person on sustainability in this podcast, I would say maybe Kunter Pauli. So uh, okay. I think uh, his new views of things, that, that would be very interesting to combine okay. this with the textile industry. Yeah. Kunter Pauli. Okay. I, I don't know this Kunter, person, but... Uh... Kunter Pauli. He is the uh, founder, of, is the writer of The Blue Economy. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to talk to you. It was very informative. So thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. And uh, I, t I tell you, uh, see you, see you in, uh, in September at Première Vision. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be part of this uh, podcast, first for me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm going to be uh, very uh, happy to see you and the people who are listening to this podcast and uh, explain more in, uh, in details and show the fabrics that we're talking about. Excellent. Thank you so much, Monique. Take care and, okay. uh, and see you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast till the end. If you want to support this initiative, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow. Just click on the subscribe button, rate it five stars, and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to share the podcast on your favorite social media. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. 